0: Piora, Vainantia from the Family Life New Zealand team and welcome. This is another episode of the Family Life New Zealand podcast and today's episode is all about parenting, okay, but not just any type of parenting, wait for it, three reasons or the three roles you get to play as a parent, as a mom or a dad. And with me in studio as always, Steve Hooper. Kia ora, hello, good to have everybody listening. That's awesome. And Nikki Brain.
1: Yes, hello, nice to be back.
0: It's nice to be back recording these episodes mm-hmm. and I'm particularly excited about today's episode because I get to interview you. Mm. Uh, our son is about two years old now, so I'm sort of green and growing in that parenting <laughs> journey. Uh, but I get to learn from maybe some of the things you've picked up over the years and yeah, I've maybe picked up a few things as well. So
1: You mean things you mean things we've done wrong, right? Uh, th- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, plenty of
0: those, yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I guess I've been looking forward to having this discussion, uh, not because we're moving away from talking about marriages, but because parenting actually plays such an important role in our connection as a husband and a spouse, a husband and a wife. To start with, it is that connection that causes us to have kids, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one plus one equals three. <laughs> That's the type of maths that, that we're doing here yeah, on the Family Life Show. But then I guess it's so easy for that marriage relationship to suffer because of kids mm-hmm. and because of our different expectations and the way we approach parenting. And, you know, I can see that at play in our marriage, and mm-hmm. just how our differences in the way that we approach parenting, if we're not careful, if we're not aware of that thing, having some, I guess, helpful tools to get on the same page, uh, to get a common goal and a common vision for parenting, I can just see that wedge being oh, drift, yeah. being um, wedged into our relationship mm-hmm. and we're drifting uh, further and further apart if we're not being intentional about pulling us back together. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's a common
2: way of thinking, I've heard this from a, from a number of couples who may be struggling in their marriage relationship, thinking, oh, what we need to do to gel us together is, you know, to have, have child. children together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, okay, uh, that could work. But, you know, it can also be one of the most challenging things as a couple because yep. we've found in our own relationship we do parent very differently and we've had to work through that and work that out. Um, and there are additional, obviously, challenges that that children bring that you have to work together on as a couple.
1: Mm. And as you were talking, actually, first of all, Vane, it came, came to mind straight away for me that one of our massive differences between Andy and I was even just what we valued in parenting. And we mm. didn't know this until we actually had children. So I discovered that I valued order and discipline and consistency, whereas Andy valued freedom and grace and fun. And all those things were very much highlighted once we had children because we were wanting very different things in how we parented and it caused a lot of uh, issues that we weren't aware of until we sat down and said, hang on a minute, what are we both wanting here? What are we valuing here? Let's talk about what you're trying to bring into this and I'm trying to bring into this and if we work together then we will do a good job of this.
0: So you mean you guys actually had to have a conversation about that? Oh (laughs)
1: yes, well if we didn't we were going to kill each other in the process.
0: (laughs) I know, look um, if you think marriage will bring out your true colours, parenting has another mm. way of doing that too <laughs> Totally I've got a few ideas um, That I want to share And just drop To create some context uh, For our discussion But then At the weekend Remember On a Sunday morning The ladies go into A, a different room Than the the men And there's that time Where Nikki You often share With the mums And with mm. the wives And then Steve, you would share with the husbands um, or the dads We had Andy as well share that video at at the weekend And we're going to play a clip from that video today on the show So recently I've really been challenged on this thing about all the demands life places on us uh, Whether that be work, whether that be community or church Whether that be family, whether that be extended family Like everyone wants some of your time Mm. or some of your attention it's or some of your of you. resources yeah, everybody wants a piece of you <laughs> but i've just been recently been confronted by the idea that there are only two roles that i get to play that are unique to me as in if i don't get this right there's nobody else that's going to do that uh as a manager in a team or a leader of an organization or you know someone championing a cause the the chances of you being replaced in that capacity when you're no longer there it's pretty high mm. like if you step away from your important role at your work today in a month worst case 2 or 3 months time you'll be replaced mm. yeah right coincidentally we often place more emphasis on our careers and we neglect our families as a result but the reality is there's no one else who's going to be a parent to your son or your daughter, to your child, a dad in my in, in my case, and there's no one else who's going to be a husband to my wife. Those mm. are the two roles that only I get to play. Mm. And it's often the roles that we we take for granted. So that's been laying heavy on my heart, just making sure that I get those roles right. With that context, we want to share a bit today about some of the things as parents we get to do and the roles we get to play. So
2: let's be honest, uh, you know, being a dad is one of the easiest jobs in the world, right? <laughs> because, you know, we get a manual and we have all this fantastic on-job training and and we get this coaching and you got to pass a test before you become a dad and then it's all sweet. You know, what could possibly go wrong?
0: <laughs> Said no man ever. <laughs> Said no one ever.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously that's not true. But it is one of the greatest uh, privileges uh, I've found is in my role as a dad is to be inputting my life into these, you know, two young kids. The others are a little bit older now. An incredible privilege, but also an amazing responsibility, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in this episode.
0: Yeah. So the big picture for this episode is the three areas that we get to play um, uh, into in terms of our kids and our parenting. And it looks a bit different for moms than it looks for dads. But in essence, we're saying as a parent, we get to receive our children as a gift. We get to raise them. With wisdom And we get to release them
1: Hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> no, I love them <laughs> Don't be that's too right. enthusiastic about
0: that one Go <laughs> on So uh, the three R's of parenting And maybe mm. that's a good title for this episode The mm. three R's of parenting yeah. <laughs> We receive them We raise them And we release them mm. Okay, so let's start with that first one Aniki. receiving your kids as a gift What does that mean for you And practically what war stories have you got to tell? <laughs> war
1: stories, I like that. Um, well, I just want to start first of all with the Psalm, Psalm 127, 3 to 5, because I think this is a great place to start. And he says, Children are a gift from the Lord, a reward from him, like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. So, you know, they're a gift, he says, I, they're a gift from the Lord. And I remember receiving these kiddies when they were first born. And sure enough, I, I was just desperate to be a mum. I couldn't wait to be a mother. Loved it. But pretty soon, it began to be an arduous task because I didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't had good role model. I had to learn as I went along. Andy mm-hmm. was an amazing, supportive father and husband. But as my role as a mother was difficult, and <laughs> I have to say, I found the girls. So we have two children. We had Natasha, and then we had Olivia, and they were pretty easy to raise. I mean, Natasha was full on, but Olivia came along, and she was just very easygoing. Um, you know, your idyllic, peaceful child. And I used to think to myself, "Gee, what are all these people complaining about? How difficult parenting is? You know, you just do such and such, and you get these wonderful children at the end, <laughs> and then bingo." Um, what a surprise I got when number three arrived and that was our Benjamin. And he taught me that A plus B does not always equal C (laughs) because he wasn't going to fit into my neat little formula. And I remember (laughs) saying to Andy when he was little, because he was always hard work, you know, just always pushing the boundaries and winding us up. And I used to say to Andy, is it okay for me to say that I don't like my child at the moment? Being and, are you
0: listening. <laughs> oh, he knows.
1: <laughs> and we used to say to each other, Andy and I, I think we're raising the kind of child that we don't want other children to play with. <laughs> 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 because he wasn't easy. Um, And so I used to have to constantly remind myself, you know, this kitty is a gift from the Lord. And Andy and I had conversations around this, the need to really receive him as he was. Because I think, especially in those first few years, we were trying to mold this child into being our idea of what he should be like. And, you know, I remember Andy was saying, you know, we, we'd Andy was very into sports and, and tennis and um, running. And, you know, he was a very athletic kind of guy. And in those early stages, Ben wasn't. And so we'd put him into, you know, playing soccer, and this kitty would just hang off the goal posts and just he would, and the ball would go straight past him into the goal. And we'd put him on the tennis court and he would immediately throw that tennis racket down on the ground and start rolling around as if it was an electric guitar. And and we used to watch him and think, you know, this kitty just isn't doing or being. Fit them all. Yeah. <laughs> and then we constantly had to say to ourselves, you know this isn't who God has made this child to be. You know, we need to get with the program. We're the adults here. And it reminded us of that other verse that often is quoted a lot in, in parenting. And that's Proverbs 22, 6. And it says, train a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. And that actually, that verse means actually... Train your child, so receive your child as God has uniquely created him to be. His own unique design, his 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 own bent, if you like. Because
0: um, we all have our own like innate we do personalities and things that we are drawn to. And in psychology, there's this uh, concept of nurture versus nature. Yeah, mm. right. Some things can be nurtured in mm-hmm. our development, but some things are just really part of our nature and. Mm. We've got two people growing up in the same household with totally different interests. Yeah, yeah. And the trap we can fall into as parents is
2: we try and raise all our children as if they're exactly the same. Yeah,
1: homogeneously. So we
2: have a a model that, as you said, it might work for one child and you think, gee, I'm a good parent. Man, Mm. I'm just doing such a good job. And then you try doing exactly that same thing with another child total disaster, mm. just doesn't work. Yeah. They're just created differently. And so we've found too in our parenting, our our two kids are very, very mm. different. And so what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. In fact, just a story of it, our son is very similar to your son, uh, Ben, growing up. Uh, our daughter is pretty easygoing. She sort of flies under the radar. Our son used to always push the boundaries. And I remember him coming home in primary school with a story one day, he had a friend, uh, I think he, Cameron, he said, um, oh, Cameron got sent to the office today. Apparently the office is where you go when you've been naughty. You know, you're sent from the class. So his friend Cameron had been naughty and sent to the office. And, oh, is that right? Um, do you ever get sent to the office? And he looked up and he said, um, yes, but some days, <laughs> <laughs> some days I don't. Oh, man. Some days you just have to laugh and think, okay, this is what we're dealing with. But, yeah, you got to understand how they're wired, how they're created, what their bent is, mm-hmm. and how we parent them differently. Yeah. And we've made a lot of mistakes over the years because we didn't know any of this stuff when mm. we were first raising our kids they were now small. We were just bringing them up as if they were the same.
1: On a scale of one to ten, ten being I feel completely connected to my partner and zero being I feel totally disconnected from my partner, where would you rate yourself right now? There's probably room for growth, right? Why not take some time and actively choose to take your relationship to a 10 by learning how to love and relate to one another on a deeper level. Spend one weekend with us and discover the keys to building intimacy, strengthening communication, handling life's pressures, embracing differences fighting fair and working through conflict constructively and so much more. You'll laugh a lot. You'll rekindle romance, learn new skills and be better equipped to build a relationship that thrives. We can promise you it will be a weekend to remember. You may not reach a 10, but most couples leave on cloud nine. Join us on our next couples retreat. Register today at familylife.nz. We're all familiar with mentoring. It's all about sharing knowledge, skills, and personal experiences to guide another person towards reaching their full potential. It's about investing your time and talents to make a positive difference in the life of another. In a nutshell, it's discipleship at its best. Marriage mentoring is exactly the same, except you're doing it as a couple and you're doing it with a couple. At Family Life, we run an outstanding program to train you to be exceptional marriage mentors. We equip you in the art of asking skillful questions, which then help younger couples grow together and do marriage well. Become a marriage champion for others and register today for our online training at familylife.nz.
0: So, Nikki, you um, you had a thought there that before I interrupted you, just finishing that thought around, train them in the way they should go.
1: Mm, yeah. Well, just meaning often that I think as Christian parents, we hear that scripture and we tend to think that it means um around teaching them biblical commands and, and and it's regarding faith, but it's actually, as I say, regarding them, their personality and mm-hmm. their character. And, and so receiving them is actually getting to know who they are as people, what their interests are, what their personalities are, what their giftings are, and parent them that way so that they then do flourish and grow to be the person that God has created them to be, because then they won't depart from it because you're raising them to be who they feel comfortable as being in their own skin. And so, I mean, little ways for us that it showed up was I was naturally a a tennis player. But it meant that I would, um, instead of putting Ben on a tennis court and playing tennis with me and Andy, because he was too, Ben was into other sports. Ben was a rock climber. Ben was um, into snowboarding and stuff like that. So one of the things that we did back then was I would take um, mental health days for the kids off school and just spend time with them. And um, it meant me taking Ben off to Snow Planet and doing snowboarding with him or belaying him as he did rock climbing and just connecting with him.
0: I need a belay partner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> past those days yeah. But it's connecting with them in what they like to do mm. and who they are because then they want to hang out with you if you're doing things that they want to do rather than – and in fact I have a friend who she said that her husband also tried to do this with their child – And he bought a broken down car, put it in their garage and then got the child to help him do up this car. Well, guess what the problem was, Vaynan?
0: He didn't like it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: The kitty wasn't into working on cars. Now, your your son would have loved that, right, Steve? (laughs) Absolutely, Yeah. yeah. But he didn't. And so it was like connecting, learning to connect with them on around what they like to do.
2: And when our kids were small, we found that, yeah, it's no point trying to get them into what we're into. We can't mm-hmm. live our life through them. And so we learned through our trial and error that the best thing to do is they're playing Lego or whatever they're doing, just get down and play Lego with them. You know, they're doing a jigsaw puzzle or doing some coloring in, just get alongside and do what they're doing. Now, fortunately, our daughter was never into Barbie dolls, so I didn't have to get down <laughs> and do that. So I'm happy with that. But, okay. you know, it's just working on on their agenda you know, looking at what they enjoy doing and just doing it with them. And they love that stuff.
1: Actually, that reminds me you saying that, of not liking Barbie dolls, because our Natasha was very dramatic and she loved Beauty and the Beast and her Barbie dolls and all those kind of things. So Andy <laughs> tells this story often of she would be beauty and guess who had to be the Beast. <laughs> and he would have this basket and and she would throw petals all over him. He would transform into this beautiful prince. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it's getting, getting alongside them in their yeah. crazy forms of... Playing, being.
0: And, and I love that idea, Nikki, you mentioned hanging out and, you know, Steve, you mentioned about getting on their agenda. Like, what are they going, you know, what's interesting for them? It reminds me of listening to Andy Stanley talk about their family vision. Mm. So they had a vision for their family. It goes something like this, where they wanted to raise children that love to spend time with each other Oh yeah, and with them. So their goal, their vision for the family was, you know, let's let's be a space where, as a family, we love spending time together. Mm. And how are you going to achieve that if you don't genuinely enjoy hanging out with them? If it's a chore, I mean, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I, guess, I guess we're missing something if it's a chore.
1: And that is so important to say. It's like having a vision for what you do want your future to look like. I mean, I've got my kids now. I mean, Natasha's no longer with us, but... Um, Olivia's 27 and Ben's 25, and we've just spent three weeks together, you know, all in Sydney, hanging out together. And these guys, they're good friends, they're best friends, and they love hanging out with me and all with their partners. And we've just got this amazing connection as a family. And we are vastly different, but that came from even when they were little, one of my Andy's and is my goals was always to have them as good friends with one another before they were friends with everybody else. So we intentionally had times together of just us as family with the kids playing together. And we would say, sure, you can have friends around, but learn to be friends with one another first.
0: Brilliant.
1: And, um, and they did. They've grown up to be amazing friends.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and those things, they do really pay dividends in the end because when our kids were small, we did the same thing and I wondered if they were ever going to be friends with one another. And I thought thought maybe they'd probably kill each other first. (laughs) They didn't get on really well when they were small, but our our two are older now and it's just fantastic to see if – our daughter's having a, um, an issue with her car. The first person she'll ring is her brother. Mm. And quite often he'll be around in like a, f- a flash and they'll be working on that together or they call each other up and they're going to an event together or they just, they just hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, They go around to his, our son's flatting now. Uh, she'll go out and hang a- out with him at his flat. And I'm thinking, you know, as a parent that is so satisfying mm. to see, yep. particularly when they were younger, we were wondering if it was ever going to happen. But it's, <laughs> it, it's a beautiful thing. Yep. Yeah, good friends together.
0: And, and I remember just listening to um, that session that Andy shares on the weekend, how it wasn't always that way. Like And you mentioned that initially you wanted to get Ben into sports, mm. but it was actually changing the, that vision slightly, not being too rigid in your vision for your children as a parent. Mm. My kid's going to grow up to be a sports star, you know, a champion, <laughs> of, like his dad. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But actually saying, well, hang on, I had a vision. And I would have loved to see my child go this way, but that's not who he is. No. And then being able to adapt. I want to put money on the fact that had you guys not, pivoted in that direction or made that change, you probably wouldn't have seen the results that you have today of your family and your kids. um, Absolutely.
1: And even if I look at what Ben does now as, as a person, I mean, he, as I say, he was a child that continually challenged everything we said and everything we did and pushed every single boundary. And yet now he's an executive producer for a company. Um, and his job is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. And he is literally paid to push the boundaries, to think outside the box. And Andy and I say to each other, we could have crushed this child's ability mm. to be who he was. And thankfully, sometimes it's good that we are not successful in our parenting endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you're right. I think we could have absolutely crushed his spirit if we'd been overly Um, exerting in our influence. Yes, we have influence and we want to influence in the the right way, Mm. but it's not having such a picture of what your child should turn out like that you're not flexible and you're not valuing this child that's before you.
0: Yeah, I mean, listening to the conversation to this point, uh, I would say that if we're not receiving our kids as a gift and I guess aligning our vision for their lives with their interests and Mm. their passions, We're setting ourselves up for failure. Mm. But on the flip side, if we can tune into who our kids are, their passions, their desires, the things they're interested in, and we can help cast a vision along those lines for them. You know, parenting is a bit of both and. It's Mm. not not letting your child go and just become, (laughs) you know, find yourself. No, you're a parent. You've got a job to actually raise your kid within boundaries. You mentioned the word train your child up in the way that Mm. they should go before. Uh, I heard this beautiful metaphor, sorry to get a bit theological on you today, but I think this is a beautiful metaphor where the Bible talks about the law being a schoolmaster or a tutor, right? And um, that word there is actually very similar to the word you would use. You know when you're planting a tree, like a little young tree still growing up, you would usually put a stick next to the tree Mm. so it would grow straight. Mm -hmm. But then after a few years you need to remove that stick, otherwise the stick will cause the tree to grow skew. Uh-huh. So that stick right there, what they used to call it, was a schoolmaster. Mm. So that's actually training the tree to grow up straight and strong. But at some point, the schoolmaster needs to be removed mm. and now the tree sort of comes into its own. But it's had that guidance of growing up straight. Mm. Mm. Now, <laughs> if you were to just leave the tree it would have not um, survived the wind. We had some ghast winds uh, last (laughs) night. And as I was driving into work, I just saw all the bins next to the street, just, you know, all Mm. lying on their side and, you know, trash all over the road, unfortunately, Mm. because the winds were that rough. Now, imagine we were to just leave our kids exposed to the wind without having a bit of a training Mm -hmm. mindset or a bit of a schoolmaster mindset. But I guess it's also holding it loosely. And and we know that just to wrap up that thought around the theology side, the law was added because of transgression, but then there was never God's desire. God's desire of us was for us to grow up. Mm. But then sometimes we just need that that support next yeah. to us as this is the way you would be going if you were doing it well.
1: And that fits in perfectly with what the... the um the parenting years are like mean, the, the first few years the up to 7 that that is your discipline years you're laying down boundaries it's all about parameters it's all about loving discipline but mm. you know training these children you're showing them what's what yes and no's and all of this and then you move into the 8 to to 12 13 which is the the, the coaching years that's the um sorry the training years it's the golden years they call them mm-hmm. um and then you move into as teenagers the coaching years where your your parenting is more done from your role as an influencer in their life, you're helping them make the decisions and face the consequences of the decisions that they make. So it changes, as you say. So it's almost like you're gradually reducing that stick. You're taking it away bit by bit. So
0: just give us those seasons again, because this is really, this is really interesting. Mm. Um,
1: the, the discipline years. So those the, are the, the first n- years. Yeah, the not to seven. They are the you're laying down not only just. Um, filling these kids with love and you're, you're nurturing them and everything. But these are when neurological pathways are incredibly strengthened as well in those years. Then you move into the discipline years. So you're seven to 13.
0: First Sorry, I'm saying this wrong. That's okay.
1: Not seven year discipline years. Then you've got your training years, seven to say 12, 13. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your coaching years. Okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of like 13, 14 to 18.
2: And I think just picking up from what you've just said, Nikki, I think one of the traps that we can fall into, all of us can fall into as parents, is in that early stage, you know, one to seven, when it's the discipline stage, we can try and be their friend as a parent. and Now, we want to be their friend, but they're they're more in that stage where they need instruction, they need direction, they need discipline. And so if we're just going to be their friend, we're going to be taken advantage of as a parent. So that comes later on. Um, but if we continue in that discipline style up into their teenage years, then that's just going to not work and they're going to rebel. And we had we went through a tough uh, several years with our son when he was sort of 14 to 17, 18. There was a lot of things going on. There was bullying at school. There was just some tough stuff that was coming out in terms of acting out and behaviour. And And we realised that we were sort of reminding him and pushing rules and all that sort of thing. And then we came to a point where we thought, well, what's most important in our relationship with our son? Well, it's our relationship with him. Because mm-hmm. if we keep focusing on the rules at that age, mm-hmm. he knows the rules. You know, we brought him up from in, in, in early stages to know the difference between right and wrong, to know how to act. He already knows all that stuff. It's no point us pushing, pushing, pushing. So we decided to focus on the relationship rather than the rules. And it made a huge difference in terms of his life and our connection. Because we don't have a relationship with him. We've got no, no say in his life at all. Yeah. So that's important at that yeah. stage.
1: And remembering too, you know, when they're teenagers, um, one of the best things you can do is rather than, because often as parents, you just want to lecture them, you know, and just <laughs> tell them as parents, if you just do this and do this, you know, whatever. But of course, if we ask more questions rather yeah. than make... More statements, which is what parents often do, then you're opening up the relationship side of it because you're asking them, you know, what's going on in your life? What are you thinking about such and such? Um, you know, you're, you're getting them to think about how they're acting in life, where, where they're wanting to go. Is their life matching up? with the decisions they're making as to their long-term goals. You know, that kind of thing builds relationship.
2: Our oh, questions are key and that's that's good because if because if we lecture them, all they're going to hear after the first sentence is blah 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 exactly. blah blah they're going to switch off. <laughs> Lecturing does not work no. for a teenager. You know, you cannot speak <laughs> into their life that way. Mm, we found
1: that so true. <laughs>
0: That concludes part one of our discussion on our assignment as parents receiving your children as a gift, raising them with wisdom and love, and then releasing them as adults into the world. Join us in the next episode as we further unpack the raising and releasing part of our assignment. I'm your host, Vayna Jacobs, and I'll see you next time on the Family Life New Zealand podcast. Kia ora
1: you've been listening to the family life new zealand podcast where we believe that when people develop their relationship skills their relationships flourish if you found this conversation useful and want to help us reach more families simply rate it review it and share it we'll see you next time